Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Penny C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, February 20th, 2019. Today we are reading from the big book on page 9 in Bill's story. We're reading the seventh paragraph, the last paragraph, which starts with, he had come to pass his experience along to me. Today's readers are Irene M., Madeline R., and Katie F. The uh, newcomer greeter this morning will be Leon B., and the host for the second hour is Sandy W., A Vision for You Big Book Study. Okay, excuse me. The OA preamble, or the reference for yesterday is 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 12,566, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 12,567. That's for yesterday, Tuesday, February 19th. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who do shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is this. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Patty F. to read the 12 steps for us. Hi, this is Patty F., Compulsive Overeater. The uh, 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Pass. 
Thank you so much, Patty F. And Lisa L. is going to read the 12 traditions now. Good morning. It's Lisa L. from Brooklyn, the 12 traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. For our group purpose, there is one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, OA, every OA group ought to be self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa L. And now how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify ourselves as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. The meeting does does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 9, the seventh and last paragraph on that page that starts with, He had come to pass his experience along to me. And I will ask Irini M. to start the, sh- the reading for us. Good morning, Irini. Thank you, Penny. Thank you for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M., and I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, always giving credit where credit is due. He had come to pass his experience along to me. If I care to have it, I was shocked but interested. Certainly I was interested. I had to be, for I was hopeless. And I really didn't have a choice either. 
because just like Bill, I too really understood the grave of the disease. That's after I read and identified about the allergy of the body from the doctor's opinion. I was also very grateful to have an Ebby in my life who carried the solution to my problem, the message of hope, and an example of who I wanted to be. Because I was hopeless, I kept on doing the same thing over and over again, and I was even expecting different results. But the truth of the matter was that I, was, I thought I was hopeless, and it only seemed hopeless. And once I saw see hope and seemed hopeless, I had an aha moment of the truth, and the truth always sets us free. <clears throat> Until I set <clears throat> aside <clears throat> all my thoughts and beliefs, I was willing to have an open mind and heart. I was willing to go to any lengths for peace in my heart and mind. I had to make a choice to accept spiritual help or to continue doing the same thing over and over again that never served me. I was doing, and I was done with my misery. I was hungry, and I was thirsty for something new, something filling, something that would last forever. So I became ready and willing to be guided, to be disciplined, to do what I was told to do. And I, too, just like all the Ebbies, was transformed by the grace of God. I was connected with God and my fellows. I was gifted with a softened heart and a renewing of the mind. My soul is filled with joy, and I have everything that I need because I shifted from darkness to light, from lies to truth, from chaos to peace. I, too, carry the message of experience, strength, and hope. What a blessing. What a gift. Thank you, God. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vinnie M. And now I'm going to get ready to hear who would like to share. Please say your name just once and trust that God will have me Bobby. hear the ones who will, who need to speak this Please morning. Please Bobby. Janet E. Okay. I have Lisa. Go ahead. Kelly F. Kelly. Basa O. Amy G. Janie Z. Okay, let's stop there. Who was the last person to give her name? Janie Z. Jamie? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, so I could get all the names. I didn't write all the, the initials of everyone down. Your initial of your last name when, when I call on you, that would be wonderful. Okay, we're going to start off with the sharing with Lisa. Lisa? Good morning, Penny. I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. I can. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and um, he had come to pass his experience along to me. So this is something um, that is part of my rehabilitation. That's what the doctor's opinion tells me, that as a recovered person, um, part of my rehabilitation is to pass my experience along. And 
I really need to do that every day um, to remember who and what I am. And often I will share with the newcomers that, that this is part of my rehabilitation and that it helps me. Um, and I find that people want to help and then they listen, you know, then they want to listen. So when they, when they sense that they are actually doing some service by letting me try and share my experience, that it's helping me, um, it, it really helps, I think, both of us so much um, for them to learn that I'm not pouncing on them to try and get them, but that they're actually helping me. And it's a process of learning how to do that, studying that chapter. Every day I read a page out of the um, working with others, learning to get comfortable. Um, and I find that when a few days go by, when I haven't had an interaction with someone that shares the same first experience as me, and that includes an AA, I need to do this, and an OA, um, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable. So when I first came to Vision for You, this wonderful, healthy OA meeting, I was encouraged to make outreach calls every day to recovered fellows, but I was also encouraged to call newcomers. And even though I wasn't yet recovered, I was told I really need to still call newcomers, that I could share with them what I was doing that I could possibly um, be of service to them. So it, it often does fall upon deaf ears. I mean, at least I think it does, but who knows what, what, where it goes. I have to let that go. But um, I just wanted to share that, that that's a vital part of my everyday life. And then um, from the perspective of Bill, of being hopeless, um, I remember when I introduced myself as a newcomer on Vision, and all the calls that I received and becoming aware that I desperately needed these recovered voices um, to start to guide me because I was hopeless. And even though it didn't show on my body and I hadn't lost my job or my, my, lot, you know, my, my foundation of my, my house, my marriage, I knew I was dead inside and this was the only chance for me. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. And next is Bob. This is Bob B. Can you hear me? Bob B., yes. Yes, the uh, message this morning to me in terms of the word hope. Uh, when I came into OA, uh, I was trying to fill a spiritual hole with food. I had no idea that that was what was going on. And working through the 12 steps in an OA, it I developed from a religious person into a spiritual person, and now I can merge those two together. Uh, and I'm very grateful for that. But the hope uh, I heard uh, recently in another outside issue is the hope we have can be a shifting hope. Uh, is it hope in the world, hope in religion that's important? No, those are the hopes that sometimes that I fall into when I, my hope should be in my higher power. If I hope in my higher power, and I have the hope in my higher power, which I do today and didn't have before, then I can live, and the other theme that I heard this weekend, last weekend, was live as if I'm loved. Live as if I'm loved. And if I'm loved by my higher power, I can survive anything. And I'm going through some difficult health issues with my wife right now, and we found out another one yesterday but I have to rely on my higher power and that I'm walking with my higher power through everything, and I always have my higher power to walk with no matter what. 
every moment of every day. And I certainly did not have that feeling for many years, even into OA. So I'm grateful that I have that awareness today, grateful for this meeting. I needed it this morning, and I'll pass. Thank you, Bob B. Janet E. No, Janet, you tell me your initial, please. Janet? Janet E. It is E. Okay, thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, Janet E. recovered in Cuenca, Ecuador, and so grateful for this meeting. And I, I guess I really consider all of you my Evies, like kind of a collective Evie, if you will. And because I had been listening to this meeting for quite a while and working what I thought was a pretty good program, although it's not the entire abstinence that I have today. And I knew one night when I had just gone to a, a really wonderful meditation and was very calm and clear and feeling wonderful and peaceful, and there was some food at this event, and I thought, well, I'm just going to have a little bit of that. I'm, I'm calm. I'm centered. I've just meditated, um, and I ate um, something, and it set off, the, set off the obsession and the craving, and I continued to eat and was right back in it, and I thought, wow, if I can just go through an hour and a half of meditation and then go binge, wow, there is this, this disease is way bigger than I thought. And this is what I had been hearing on these meetings was, you know, I've got to, I have to get really super honest about the foods that I know now that I can't consume and to really tighten up my program. So I did that 104 days ago. And um, it's just been two weeks since I've been calling in live to this meeting. And my whole entire life has changed and my program has changed. I have a phone now that's full of numbers and have talked with some peop- many people and I'm part of um, some 10-step groups. And I'm just, it's incredible to me um, how higher power has just connected the dots because I was willing to be a little more willing. And um, so I'm just so grateful. I just consider this, you all to be Evies for me. And it's, um, I can't get over the change in just a couple of weeks' time with making that decision. So um, thank you, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Janet E. We're happy to have you. So here's the rest of the lineup of the names I took. Next will be Kelly, then Vasa, then Amy, and Jamie. And a reminder to please give me the initial of your last name when I call on you. Kelly. Hey, Penny. It's Kelly S. Recovered in Oklahoma. Thanks for your service. Um, Grateful to be on the line. I hesitated to, to share today because it's kind of a broken record for me, but I thought this is, you know, this meeting's for the newcomer, so I just wanted to share my story a little bit because this is my, my paragraph, and like the last person, you guys were my Abby. And um, so, you know, I've, you heard, I've, I've been around for decades and um, have been in and out of OA and have tried every aspect you can imagine and uh, was pretty much hopeless, you know, as, as as the reader pointed out, seemingly hopeless, but at the time I thought it was hopeless, right? You know, I'd been in this program 30 years, and I thought I had done everything, and it didn't work, right? And I was actually in an offshoot of OA at the time, and, and I ran into somebody who told me about this meeting, and so I started listening every day, and I'm going to tell you guys the truth. I thought, uh, I heard you all talking about following these instructions in the book, and I'm like, uh, yeah, no, 
there's no instructions. It's not laid out in the big book. You got to get the workbooks. You got to get the little sheets. You got to get all this other crap. There's not really instructions in the book. I have several of these big books. I know what I'm talking about. They're dog-eared. They have uh, highlights in every color, but it's not laid out, but whatever. Um, I was hopeless, so I kept listening every single day. And then several of you were saying recovered, and I'm like, wait, you can't say that. That's like sacrilegious. You can't say recovered. It's recovering. You're recovering. I don't know what's wrong with these people. First of all, there's no instructions. Second of all, you can't say recovered. But thank God I was hopeless and I kept listening, right? And I listened and I listened and I listened. And guess what? Listening to meetings every day does not fix you. Well, nothing fixes you, but you know what I mean? It takes action. And like the last person who shared, it's not just that decision. You have to pick it up and start doing it, right? So I listened every day. I didn't miss a meeting. Two years I did that, okay? Two years. You know, they say insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. It's also in doing the same things over and over, knowing I'm going to get the same results, right? Finally, finally, after two years, I had to work a more structured, disciplined program. I had to put the food down 100% black and white, use the tools so that I could work these steps, pick up the spiritual toolkits, go to my higher power, get a network of people, which I had never done, work this program like my hair was on fire, as we hear over and over. But hopefully it won't take you two years. But you know what? Don't leave before the miracle happens. I'm coming up on four years after 30-something years in this program because hopeless enough to listen and stay in these rooms I was finally willing to pick it up. So please don't leave if you're a newcomer. Don't give up hope. We're only seemingly hopeless. I promise you it works if we work it. And I know I said it. I'll wrap up with this because I'd never heard it till I came here. It's not for those who want it. It's not for those who need it. It's for those who do it. So be willing to do it. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Penny. Thank you, Kelly S. And Vasa O., it's your turn. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Penny, for your service. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered compulsive reader calling from Florida. And yes, it works. It's a miracle, but, but we have to work. We have to work it. And uh, I know we are asked to wait a few days or whatever to share, but sometimes I, I get so excited. I want to go out and tell the world for the first time what has worked in my whole life. And yes, I am grateful that my higher power, without me knowing, sent me my Abby to pass her experience along to me. If I cared to have it, I was shocked but interested. Certainly, I was interested. I had to be, for I was hopeless. And it's exactly how I felt at that time, hopeless and powerless. And just to find the solution after trying for so long, so many years, to control the food addiction. And with everything I did, nothing, nothing worked until I came and I heard about a higher power and how I needed to find a higher power and surrender with the food. And, of course, gradually later I started surrendering in my life somewhere. But at the beginning was with the food. It was just going to kill me if I continued doing what I was doing. And to find out about the allergy and how am I going to put these foods down that I lusted and I loved over the years. Well, the solution was, see, I could... 
ask my higher power to help me, and then ask how people did it when they went through their withdrawals. And um, just so great. We are all abbeys to each other here. And just to pass it on for me, you know, my sponsor would say, whatever you're getting here, we have to pass it on in order to keep it. And that is my goal, to pass it on to others. What's so easy for me to do now, and it was so hard for me to do, not with just the food and with life in, you know, over the years uh, that I've been in, in recovery. And I love this um, meeting every morning before I didn't have the big book every meeting I went to, and I just love it now. I can go every morning, I listen to the meeting, and participate or just listen. Thank you, Phil, uh, thank you, Penny, for letting me share, and I pass it on, and I pass. Thanks, Sasha O. Amy G., you're up. Good morning, Penny. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you, everyone, for an awesome meeting. My name is Amy G., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. So I, too, am going to talk about this. Certainly I was interested. I had to be, for I was hopeless. So, so what did we learn yesterday? That experience and a practical program of action equals recovery. I mean, here is Ebby looking all, quote, starry-eyed across the table, talking about uh, having found religion and not ranting and raving, but just sharing his recovery. So he was shocked. Bill was shocked. He was interested. Well, he had to be, and so did I. I had to be, too, because this disease pummeled me and beat me to a pulp. I was backed into a corner. I had nowhere else to go. I, too, was hopeless and knew that without, without a shadow of a doubt, there was nothing I could do from stopping to put that food into my mouth. Usually when people are shocked, when I hear something that's shocking, I tend to back away, and I tend to think about it, and maybe, you know, maybe I'll be interested or think, no, that's not for me. And we'll learn later that he has to take a big gulp about trying to work this program and accept. But once again, he had to be, and so did I, because this disease had put me to a point of powerlessness and hopelessness that there was nowhere else for me to go. And that's so important. I mean, look, step one is not a feel-good step, folks. I mean, I came in there and understanding what true powerlessness is, that of myself there was no solution, that I was not only hopeless, that I was also powerless. But on that foundation, it was the springboard for desperation to look outside of myself for something else. And even if Ebby looked radical across the table, all starry-eyed, Bill was interested because he was open-minded. The disease had made him open-minded to hear whatever radical ideas Ebby had because Ebby stood in front of him recovered. And that's what this program offers us. Now, I can't see your starry eyes on the phone here, but I can hear it in your voices. And we have a message of depth and weight that has the power to transform lives. But that desperation, that hopelessness, that's step one, that powerlessness is what I had to have. You know, a lot of, I know a lot of people worry about sponsoring and whether they'll be a good sponsor. But my feeling is, look, you've worked the steps, you're recovered, you put the food down. If someone is desperate enough and they have that gift of desperation, you're not going to screw it up because you have a message of depth of weight, you have the instructions right here in this book, and you can give that experience and that program of action to someone else. If you're desperate enough, that sponsee will take it and they will grab it like a life raft because they know there's nowhere else to go. They say this is a program of ego reduction, and boy, this disease reduced the ego. We are powerless, but the program of recovery, the program of action works, these 12 steps are miraculous, 
and transformative if we're willing to work it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. And now, Jamie. Hi, this is Jamie Z from Chicago, a uh, compulsive overeater. Um, I, too, could relate with the hopelessness of um, this disease. I I have just went through a, a major illness with having an allergic reaction and uh, was hospitalized and I was kept my abstinence and all through it and then afterwards when I got home I I lost my abstinence and um, I I feel discouraged about that. I've been in OA three years and I had a year of abstinence and then uh, I, for the last two years I've been like a chronic relapser and and it's so frustrating but I keep showing up and I keep doing the work and I know that uh, everybody keeps saying, you know, stay until the miracle happens and I believe that I have to hold on to that because I am a critical level um, compulsive overeater and I have nowhere else to go and this is the only hope that I have and I know that I have gotten a lot from listening to these meetings every morning and um, I don't usually share but um, I am on the meetings and I just am grateful for everyone that shares and and gives a, a hope hope to me instead of me feeling that hopelessness like I failed again. Um, so I will pass with that. Thank you, Penny. Thank you, Jamie Z. Okay, and now a reminder of what we're reading. We're on page nine in Bill's story, the very last paragraph that starts with, he had come to pass his experience along to me. And we read just that one paragraph and we're sharing, um, particularly want to hear from people who haven't shared for the last day or two. So who else would like to share? Alika J. Okay, the only one I got was Nessa. Let's Roz G. Anna J. Laura M. Katie F. Laura S. Who was after Katie F, please? Devorah S. Devorah S. Okay, let's Franny stop. K. Who was that? Franny K. Brandy J. Okay, that's that's all for now, all right? All right. I have Vasa, um, excuse me, Nessa, um, Raz R, and someone whose last initial is J. Uh, Maura, is it Lisa? Alita. Alita. Okay. And, and Amora M, KDF, Devorah S., and Franny J. Nessa, would you give me your initial of your last name when you're sharing? Hi, you just called on me? I did. Is this Nessa? Oh, yeah. 
Hi, sorry, I was Jeffra. muting. Yeah, okay, so uh, this is Nefe R. You want this? I recovered. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So um, he had come to pass his experience along to me if I cared to have it. And there's, there's a very important instruction here in working step 12, which I didn't hear. Um, I, I um, struggled with my disease for 46 years, nine of which were in these rooms without getting any recovery, no physical recovery, no, no any kind of recovery. And so when I met someone in whom the problem had been solved, who helped me clean up my food, identify what my, my food problems were and um, abstain 100%, um, took me to the steps quickly so I could recover and I came out the other side um, with, um, um, I guess, a 70-pound weight loss over seven years ago, which I'm still maintaining. I thought I knew now how to fix the world, how to cure every single compulsive overeater out there, and I was going to do it. And I came out strong like a bull in a china shop trying to convince everyone and anyone that crossed my path that this was the way to go. And I, I guess I didn't um, pay attention to the fact that this is here if I cared to have it. And, you know, I, needless to say, I have softened my approach considerably since those days because I understand that it's not my job to convince anybody. Um, even if it wasn't my job, it's impossible to convince someone who doesn't want to be convinced. People have to care to have it the same way I cared to have it when I finally met the person who became my sponsor. Um, you know, the only thing I can do is be a, 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 a power of example, right? It's a, it's a program of attraction and not promotion. And no amount of proof and convincing and arguing and sermoning and pontificating is going to make somebody ready to put the foot down and work these steps if they are not at the breaking point where they are ready to, um, to commit. Because this program is a drastic program. It says so in the big book in, in many uh, places because this is a drastic disease. And so a person has to understand not only the, the, the drastic nature of the disease, but be willing to take drastic measures to arrest it. And there's nothing I can do to get them there. You know, as we say, willingness is a one-man job. And I am so grateful for this instruction. I am grateful for uh, my awareness and my willingness to follow it now, uh, which enables me to be of better service to others. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Uh, and I'm told it's Raz G. who would like to share next. Hi, Penny. This is Roz G. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. I, I I'm you. assuming I can be heard. Okay. Yes. Hi, everybody. I'm Roz G. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered in Los Angeles. And I have a very similar uh, thing to say with the, as the last share is that I'm the kind of person that doesn't like to be pushed. And the diet books, Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers, they push. The commercials push me. The books push me. The before and after pictures, those are great. I mean, it, I, I like to see those. Those are good. But none of those things are enough to convince me that I'm hopeless. The food has to convince me, and the pain has to convince me. 
And I'm so grateful for the sponsor that I have today because she always allows me to find things out for myself. She's an, an, uh, an amazing guide. She's been around the rooms of OA for a long time. She's recovered and shows me so many things through example, but never pushes me. And for me, I have to become interested through pain, through experience, and through the food. And I just, just wanted to say that um, I appreciate those who do not push the message and that I have to find things out for myself. And not only uh, after I put down the food and I work the steps and I continue along the path of recovery, there's other, <clears throat> excuse me, there's other things that I have found out about myself, character defects, um, arrogance, uh, you know, negative things that my sponsor doesn't point out to me. She will allow me to find these things out for myself if I'm doing it, not just, you know, thinking about it, but when I'm really doing the actions, my head is clear. I'm looking at my my part. I find things out, and it improves me one day at a time. And yes, I do care to have this because it has improved my life. I've I've lost over fifty pounds over the years, and it's just improved my life. And I'm very grateful for Readers Anonymous. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Raz G. Alita J, it's your turn. Hi, good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. Good morning. Thank you for your service. <clears throat> Excuse me. And thank you for everyone on the line. Thank you, God, for recovery, this program, and this fellowship. Um, he had come to pass his experience on, along to me, if I would have it. So... Um, for many years, I was very mediocre in this program, mediocre about calling people. I would be nonchalant about it, like it wasn't that important. And um, so um, I had to learn that it is important to make those phone calls, to stay connected, to stay connected to my higher power, to work the steps, to do what my sponsor tells me to do. And now that I'm recovered, to pass my experience along to others. And um, in working with others, it talks about um, in the further on in the book, it talks about intensive work with others and self-sacrifice for others. And so that's not mediocre. That's giving of my all and sharing not my not ranting and raving, but sharing my experience and hope along to others. If we would have if if. I cared to have it. So, and for many years, I didn't, I thought I cared to have it, but I want, I was on a diet with group support. And um, with that mentality, I could only be a taker. But if, um, until I fully conceded to my innermost self that I was a compulsive overeater, that I was different than the normal eater. And that I needed to do things differently, and that I could not that I could not be mediocre about it, that I had to really um 
work the steps, that I really had to listen to my sponsor and do what my sponsor asked me to do, and that I had to apply these um, principles in all my affairs. Um, So my sponsor told me that this is a a disease, the only disease where we're self-diagnosed. So it's a lot rests on me. Am I going to accept and embrace the fact that I'm a compulsive breeder? So when a stressful situation comes up, I don't fall into the middle of the stress, but remind myself at the very beginning, I'm a compulsive overeater. This is the first and foremost thing I need to focus on right now. So um, I'm so grateful for this program and for this um, meeting it has helped me so much. And um, I just, I, I um very grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Alita. Jay. And Maura M. Maura M. Okay, one more um, time. Maura. Was okay. it maybe Laura M? Oh, Laura. Is it Laura? Uh, I believe so. Okay, L-A-U-R-A M? Yes. All right, your turn, and thank you for that. Yes, Laura M. in Missouri. And um, the part that really grabbed me this morning was if he cared to hear it or if I cared to hear it. And it made me think about the set-aside prayer. And I'll be honest, I don't know where exactly the set-aside prayer comes from, but I have found that to be a very powerful tool in this program. And when I... When people called me or when I listened to shares, um, that requires me sometimes to set aside what I think I know, what I think I know about myself, what I think I know about that person, what I think I know about this program, because what I know is not always the solution. What I, you know, my best thinking got me where I was so that I was desperate to come and find this this meeting and and this solution. And I have to be reminded that I need to set that aside. You know, if I care to hear it, that's, you know, that's the internal job. I have to be ready, willing, desperate. Um, As Kelly reminded us, I have to be in that position that I'm ready to do it and not just hear about it or not just whine about it or read about it or listen about it. Um, but I have to set aside what I, where I've been so that I can care to hear something new and something different. And, and that's what I found when I started attending this meeting a little over a year ago. And I'm, I'm just very grateful for that. And, and I just want to be a word of encouragement to, to, to set aside what we, we think we know so that we can hear something fresh and new and, and just take a chance that maybe there is another way, and because there certainly is. And with that, I pass. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Laura M. And KDF, good morning. Good morning. This is KDF, a recovered compulsive overeater, just finding my timer. Um, so, yes, I, I love this paragraph. It's It's just a few sentences, and yet, it's so powerful because 
it encourages me that I don't know when someone's going to be ready because I had been in the rooms. So I went to my first meeting when I was 14 years old, thought it was stupid and left, um, thought that just the whole thing was ridiculous. And um, went back out until I was 21 and then in the rooms for six years and always wanting to do it my way, always thinking I knew um, I knew just a little bit more than you did and I, or I wasn't quite as bad as you were until I was, until I was so bad that I finally got to be hopeless. And, you know, no one could see that um, by looking at me. I didn't weigh 500 pounds. I didn't even weigh 200 pounds, but I was close to 200 pounds. And I was 27 years old. And, you know, it just encourages me that we just need to keep telling the same old story over and over again. You know, someone earlier apologized for saying the same story, but you know what? There may be someone on this line this morning that has finally gotten, and I'm 58 now, and I have been doing this um, thing for 31 years, but it's just, um, it just keeps getting better. You know, I, I still learn from people um, that I sponsor. I'm, you know, growing up as much as the 22-year-old that I sponsor because the dimmer switch just keeps getting a little bit brighter. And, you know, mine must have been like almost off when I got in here because I keep growing, um, you know, after all these years. But that's what the spiritual life is about. You know, we never arrive to the full illumination until we're dead. And I'm not dead yet. And I'm more to learn. And um, I don't ever want to go back to that place of being completely hopeless. If I do, then there is so much more digging I could do to find a new bottom. You know, I think there is a 300-pound person inside of me, and I don't ever want to go back there. I don't ever want to be hopeless again. I want to remember what it was like when I came in here, um, when I was finally ready to say, I'll do whatever you say, which is the opposite of how I, pro I approached it um, for the previous six years. I always had a reason. I always had a very, very good reason why I couldn't do what you were telling me to do, and now I have no reason. I just am willing to do whatever it takes um, to stay on this path, not just to stay in a thin body, but to keep my relationships growing, to keep um, peace in my family, to keep love in my heart. And I'm just very grateful and that that'll pass. Thank you, KDF. And now Devorah S. Good morning, Devorah. Yeah, that's me. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Thank you, Penny C. and everyone on the line that makes this meeting possible. My name is Devara S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And, wow, um, I was shocked but interested. Certainly I was interested. I had to be before I was hopeless. And how lucky we are that um, Bill was interested, um, and he took this message and ran with it. But could you imagine where we'd be today? I mean, so many people in my life, like growing up, so many people were trying to tell me what to do and how to lose the weight. And, you know, this disease started for me. I was a little girl in school, in elementary school. I, it, it was so long ago. I mean, my mother would pick me up from school to go to, a, to go to a diet counselor to see how to get me to eat properly. It was very, you know, it was all the way early years and developed into 
you know, uh, you know, teenage and young adult and married and all the way up until I came into this program. People stopped me on the street and said to me, you know, don't you want to try this? Don't you want to try that? And I, I was like, no, I closed the door on them. I didn't want to hear about it from these people. Who are they to tell me? Don't they know what it's, don't they know I'm unique? Don't they know? And, and here he was, Bill was opened the door and he was interested. He was very receptive to it. Wow, that's amazing. Good for Abby that he was able to find someone who was very interested. Not everybody I talk to is interested in what I'm doing. I have family members who watch me every single day. They're not interested to what I do. They like it. They're happy I'm in a thin body today and that I'm healthy and I can be of service to them. And But do they want to do what I do? No, they don't want to do it, but that's okay. Um, you know what? It's fine. I, I know what works for me and it, and, um, I'm, and I just keep doing this thing. And what do I do? I do take on sponsors and I work with them. People call me and I'm, I can only share my experience, strength and hope. And I remember when, um, my sponsor said, now you need to sponsor. And I was like, what, what do I have to give away? I don't know if I could do that. And, you know, like someone shared previously, it doesn't matter. You did it. You you have what to share. You're not eating today. Um, you know, the book is our guide. It tells us everything that we need to know. Plus, if I don't know something, there are there's a whole fellowship of people out there who does. Make a phone call. Find out how to how to talk to another person, how to uh, you know, uh, sponsor. You know, it's 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 so easy for us. Um, you know, it's laid out here. And I'm really grateful for the, for the format that has been given to me and that I want to give it away today. I don't, want to sh- I don't want to keep it. How many weight loss programs I've been on, you know, diet programs, people ask me, what did I do? I didn't tell them. It was my secret, my little secret. People ask me today, what do I do? I tell them right off the bat, I belong to a 12-step program. This is what I do. And and, um, and, and this is what, and, you know, I have boundaries around the food. I'm like a food, I'm like a, an alcoholic with the food. And they hear it. They hear it. Do they come calling me again? I don't know. Some do, some don't. Hi. That's okay. But you know what? This is what I do on a daily basis. And I'm really grateful. And, um, and I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Devorah S. And now, Franny J., it's your turn. Good good morning. It's Franny K, as in kite. Franny K, thank you. Thank you. Let me set my timer. Uh, first of all, thank you to everyone that is on the line this morning. I am uh, a hard, hardcore bulimic, off and on um, uh, relapses every week or ten days. I've been active, or I've been listening to Vision consistently since early December. Uh, but as far as uh, the reading today, the glow in the eyes, I definitely know what that means because I see it in my fellows here in uh, Richmond, Virginia, in my face-to-face meetings. I am interested in having what they want, but I'll take another word in this reading, the word shocked. I am shocked at my hard-headedness and my will that I seem to take back every eight to ten days. I know what real recovery feels like. I know what letting go and letting my higher power lead me feels like. But, again, my own hard-headedness, which 
on the other hand, keeps me coming, keeps me in this program, but my will wants to settle these unnerving feelings I have and squash them in any way I can. I have outside problems, uh, meaning my, my mother's aging. I have some work issues that, thank God, I'm going to start to address. Um, and I also have compulsions. I get sidetracked. I got obsessed with uh, tidying up from a Netflix show, and I'm organizing my socks in, in by order. But those are all emotional problems. And I just want to say I'm so grateful for the people on this line, for my brothers and sisters in recovery and on the road and so grateful to my sponsor and my sponsor's sponsor and I will close with that. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you, Franny Kay. And now I'm told that I missed a Jason Kay. Is there a Jason Kay who'd like to share? Hi, this is Jason Kay. Yeah, I didn't think you would get me on the line, but I'm a recovered compulsive eater and bleeding outside of and you're going to be our last year for the day. Go ahead. Thank you very much. Um, what I really, really love about this is, is this puts something into perspective for me, the, the hopelessness, the two things that the program's about for me that make, um, that really strike me really deeply is hopelessness and hope. And hopelessness is about step one for me. And I took about 17 years between my first meeting, between when I was really, really ready to surrender and that's the hopelessness, um, you know, trying to understand this. But, of course, you know, it says we're baffled much much of the time because I think my willpower is going to work and it's not working. So so Ebby's coming, and, and Ebby and Bill have this great connection because they grew up together. They drank together. Bill knows Ebby drinks just like him. Bill knows that Ebby knew hopelessness, and it's it's seemingly hopeless because – the other thing we're carrying, the other thing we're bringing, and the other thing that Ebby brought to the table, literally when he sat down at the table, was this sparkle in his eye, the, um, the effects of a spiritual experience that were being shown. Um, so, so hope and hopelessness, those are the two things we carry. We come to people and we identify, we show them, I know your hopelessness. We, talk, we can talk to people, we can talk to new people uh, about you know, what it was like, what it was like. You know, I have my war stories. I can tell them what it was like. Um, you know, those aren't going to get anybody uh, abstinent, but they're going to trust me. I can win the confidence of that person. And then and then I can talk about hope. I can talk about, you know, a year and five months of abstinence, you know, 60 pounds off, and how my head is on straight today, how I can go through the day where things that used to, you know, get me in a rut, that things that used to bring me to the uh, grocery store, to the drive throughs you know, today our challenge is that, that with, with higher power and a fellowship, I can face and, and feel that sense of victory. Um, so I'm just grateful for this. And again, that contrasting hope and hopelessness. And, you know, this big book uh, up to about page 60, when it talks about step three, um, the doctor's opinion is all about step one and two. It goes deep into this hopelessness, but then it lays out the program and then it spends a lot of time. How do we carry this message to others? How do we carry this message in our families? What about employers, wives? Um, so to me, it's sandwiched deep with a big emphasis on the hopelessness, the understanding of our condition. The program of action, we can work those steps really quickly. And then step 12 and the way of life, um, the hope that we get to live and carry. And like I said, it took me about 17 years to do step one and finally become willing and God willing, 
I'll have the next 17 years plus working step 10, 11, and 12. Um, and I think that's all I have to say today. Thank you um, for being here, everybody. And uh, I'll give you a little Russ, Russ M. tribute. I love you guys. Um, have, have a good day. Thank you, Jason Kay. And thank you, everyone who contributed this morning, especially those who read and part of Team Wednesday and everyone who shared and everyone on the line listening, over 400 of us. Um, and so the share ID for today is 12,573-12573. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following this closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Madeline R. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thank you, Penny. I'm here. Thank you for your service. This is Madeline R. from Pennsylvania. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>